This is Stacy Eldridge. Welcome to Captivated. This world vies for our attention in a thousand different ways. But the most important thing, the preeminent thing, the essential thing, is to give our attention to Jesus. Welcome, friends, to Captivated. I am Stacy Aldridge, and I am so happy to be with you today. I had the best time with God this morning. I was asked this question yesterday, what do you love about Jesus? And in the moment, I kind of choked. I came up with about seven things that I love about him. But this morning, what I did was spend time really pondering and then journaling, what do I love about you, Jesus? Oh my goodness, you guys, it's a really, really long list. And so, <laughs> yeah, so what I want to encourage you to do is to try that on. This week, in a time with God, just let your heart rise to answer the question, what do I love about you, Father? What do I love about you, Jesus? What about you, Holy Spirit? And you will find that is going to have the best effect on your heart and on your day to marinate in the truth and the goodness of who he is because he is so good. And my prayer is that he comes for you even now through this really special time that I have with my friend and author, Kia Stevens. Kia is the creator of Entrusted Women, which she created to help Christian communicators of color. She's a contributing writer for all kinds of fabulous ministries. She is a speaker and a teacher, and she's on lots of podcasts. So I'm so happy that she's on mine. Welcome, Kia. Hi, Stacy, and hi, all the captivating audience ladies. I'm so excited to be with you today. It's really fun that I get to see your face as we're talking. Kia? Yeah, I'm looking forward to this interview. I'm, I'm, I get to hang out with Stacey Eldridge. Yeah, and me, you. So <laughs> we are talking today because Kia has her first, but I bet it's not your last, Kia, her book coming out called Overcoming Father Wounds, Exchanging Your Pain for God's Perfect Love. I'm going to read a little bit from the back copy of this book just to entice readers. In this vulnerable book, author and speaker Kia Stevens shares her own story of father wounds, along with eye-opening examples from wounded women in Scripture who were transformed by the love of God. With great compassion, she helps readers identify their father wounds and offers practical tools to help them overcome insecurity, low self-esteem, perfectionism, and trouble connecting with God as their loving Heavenly Father. She writes, The good news is, for every woman who's ever contemplated what it would be like to have a different father, whether real or imagined, there is an exchange that is possible. The type of swap I'm referring to is an uneven exchange of father wounds for the extravagant love of God the Father. Mm -hmm. That is so beautiful and so possible 
And so uh, let's start, Keo, by you just explaining what a father wound is for those that, that may not be familiar with that. Sure. And you know, the funny thing is, Stacey, I spent so much time describing what it looked like in my life. When I came to this question, I realized I never came up with like a dictionary definition. So I went back and looked looked it up. And if you do a Google search, it's going to say a father wound is synonymous with father absenteeism. Mm. And so we know there, there's a myriad of reasons that a father could be absent in the life of a a young man or a woman, but specifically for my book, a woman, it could be by way of divorce or abandonment or abuse, incarceration, drug addiction, alcoholism, an affair, a premature death, or a physically present father, but an emotionally absent one. That absence creates a wound in the heart of a daughter. And and what is the effect of of the myriad of possible wounds on the daughter's heart? Sure. And and another thing that I discovered later in my journey is that I was saying father wounds, but father wounds is is too limiting. You really have to evaluate when did this wound occur and, and have you been able to heal and how deep is the wound? Is it a surface wound? Is it uh, something that requires stitches, uh, emotional, spiritual stitches uh, to be healed? And so I've in, in my own life, identified trust wounds mm-hmm. and love wounds, uh-huh. affirmation wounds, acceptance wounds, provision wounds, mm. just areas where I was impacted by the absence of my father. So it really uh, it can be varied in terms of how it reveals itself yes. in the life of a woman. Yes. I'm guessing that this is well, of course, this is birthed out of your own story. Sure. And how how did this begin to be revealed in your life? Sure. Well, I remember being in the dorm room of a friend and she said to me, I built this bookshelf with my dad. Oh, wow. And yeah, <laughs> you know, it, that's when it really resonated with me. I had a whole moment. It was all I could do to get out of her out of her dorm room so that I could have a, a nice old fashioned ugly cry and, and just process the the weight of what she said. She had a relationship with her father. That's how she was able to build that bookshelf. And in that moment, that's what I longed for. That's what I desired. And that was, I think, the beginning of this journey, this quest that I had to go out and, and pursue my dad and try to create this idealistic father-daughter relationship that I desperately longed for and wanted. Did you have a relationship with God at the time? I did. I did have a relationship with God. I think it was probably as deep as it could be. You know, we kind of evolve in our relationship with the Lord as we grow and discover more about ourselves and as the Lord reveals more things uh, about us and and we go through things with God. So at that point I was 18, you know, I knew everything. Didn't we, (laughs) didn't we all know everything? I did. Well, I did. I don't know about everyone, but I absolutely (laughs) did. Yeah, I I knew everything. I knew everything, Uh, you know, and so my experience with God had been limited to going to church every Sunday and then multiple times during the week. So I was at the Sunday school at Baptist training union and midweek service. So whatever stories were taught about God, 
whatever lessons, I knew those, I believed those. But in terms of the deep things of God, where you begin to identify, Lord, there's a father-shaped vacuum in my heart. Yes. Can you really feel it? I mean, I've heard this phrase, God is a father to the fatherless my whole life, but what does that really look like? Because I never really considered myself fatherless, um, but fatherless is another term for father absenteeism. And I really began to grapple with some hard questions about who God was and what he was capable of doing in my life. Wow. So for women um, listening right now, just walking along or driving in their car, maybe they don't want to go there. How, sure. how would you speak to them about addressing or asking God about or, or why? Why should they go here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would first say I get it. I totally get it. It's very uncomfortable to address childhood hurts and unaddressed wounds. That's not fun. That's not Instagram worthy. You don't want to post this on Facebook. Hey, guess what I'm doing? I totally understand that. But the reality is, Stacey, if we have areas in our life that have been unaddressed, it doesn't mean that it's not impacting us. Right. There, you know, the, if you were shot, God forbid, no doctor anywhere would say, go sit on the couch and you'll be okay in the morning or take some Advil, take some Tylenol. It's going to just fix itself. No one would tell you that. Right. And, and so it's the same with wounds that we cannot see. Even if they um, are not visible, to us or to people around us, which I doubt seriously, they are impacting us. They will hemorrhage out on our relationships with the opposite sex, with our spouse. They'll hemorrhage out on our kids. They'll hemorrhage out on our colleagues and our workplaces. They'll hemorrhage out on other family members. Uh, So that's why I am encouraging women to go in the direction of their pain so that they can experience true and genuine healing. Yes, there you go. That's exactly it. We operate out of our unhealed wounds more than we know, and they've affected us more than we may care to address or admit. And yet God is the healer. That's why he came to heal the brokenhearted and to set the captives free. So through this invitation, as you're hearing this, this this is probably God saying, dear one, let's go. It's time. Yeah. And you, I, you, you know, sometimes you hear people say, but if I start to cry, if I feel things, I won't stop. What, what would you say to them? I would say that we serve a God that's not afraid of your tears. He's not afraid of our emotions. This this is one of the things I absolutely love about God because I am such an emotional person. Stacey, I mean, I have high highs. I have low lows. I've always had them. But nothing that I bring to God is intimidating. Nothing that I bring to God makes him say, oh, my God, you know what? Please go find a psychotherapist because I really do not have the (laughs) bandwidth to tolerate all of these tears. Uh, And and then when you think about the word of God um, saying in the Sermon on the Mount, when God says, blessed are they that mourn, 
for they will be comforted. It's not that we're weeping and there's not going to be any type of exchange or reciprocal um, uh, something that we receive in exchange for all these tears. No, God is saying, if you weep, if you cry over whatever it is, it's not insignificant to me. And I'm promising that you will be comforted. You will be comforted. And that's that's encouraged, encouraging for me, you know, in this world where there's so many spaces, Stacy, that are so unsafe. It's so unsafe. You don't know if I can really be me. Can I really peel back the layers of the onion so that I'm fully known? And can I allow you to see my scars and that thing that happened to me in preschool and middle school and high school and when I was 27? Are you going to reject me? Are you going to abandon me? The Lord is saying, no, I'm going to comfort you. That is so beautiful. He is so beautiful. I love what you said about he's not going to turn his face away and say, oh, those tears yeah. are too much. Don't take, <laughs> yeah. take those somewhere else. No, they're mm-hmm. precious. We are precious to him. It matters. Our hearts matter. <sighs> yeah, I know. Kia, so beautiful. I know that in your book, which is so rich and so important, you, you talk about some practical things that women can do to step towards their own healing. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, Early on, one of the most simplistic things I think a woman can do is just acknowledge. Yes. Just acknowledge. Yes. I am not telling you to acknowledge it to anyone other than God in in the privacy of your own home, in the privacy of your own prayer closet, but be willing to say that thing that happened to me, whether you think it's minuscule or grandiose, it hurt me. What my father said, what my father did, it hurt me. And I have been unable to heal. I think that would be the most practical step because I, I, I want to help readers or listeners understand that uh, I know it's hard. I know it's hard to acknowledge. So starting there and then inviting the Holy Spirit into your healing journey. Yes. Asking him, will you gently guide me along the path. I'm already kind of tiptoeing here into this space. I'm feeling a little bit nervous. Will you direct me? Will you give me the next step? Because everyone's next step may not be the same. For some people, their next step is a counselor. Mm -hmm. For others, their next step is to walk through some of the questions that I have at the end of every chapter. Mm. For another person's next step, it could be a forgiveness letter. And that is a practical tool that I got from counseling that I've actually used, Stacy to write a forgiveness letter to myself because there were things that I had to forgive myself for uh, in, in trying to cope with the absence of my dad. Yes. And then I had to write a forgiveness letter to my father. And I wrote one to God because I was I, I went through a lot of emotions. One of them would be anger with God. Uh, just not understanding why he allowed some of the things that he allowed in my life. So a forgiveness letter is another tool. Another tool would just be um, prayer, praying for me, praying for my dad. 
and praying to God, asking him to do the transformative work in my heart that only God can do. So those are just a few of the practical tips that I offer women. That is so beautiful, all all of them, and really vital. And I have a question. Do you always give that letter to your father after? No, no, no. Uh, thank you for asking that. Thank you. No, I, I do not. The And the letter has a, it's a template in there uh, that ladies can walk through and, and pin out their information. But I recommend that you don't give the letter to your father. I, I recommend that you place a chair in front of you and imagine that your father is sitting in it or whom, whomever you're writing the letter to. And you read it to that 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 empty chair. The, that act in and of itself is a healing act. It's a cleansing act. It's giving you a chance to say everything that you might want to say to your father, but you don't want to say because we don't, we still want to honor our dad. Yes. Because that's biblical. We don't want to crush our father with, with our words. We may feel that. We may desire to do that based on how we've been impacted and how we've been hurt. But my aim is to to honor the Lord. And the Lord says, vengeance is mine. If we've been wronged by our father, if, if there is sexual abuse, physical abuse, if we have experienced ramifications that are far reaching, reaching into the families that we created, reaching into our own kids, we may say, I want my father to hurt and experience the pain at the level and the depth in which I have suffered. But that's not biblical. That's not biblical. What is biblical is to say, God, I'm choosing to relinquish my right to hold my father responsible for the wrong that he did do. We're not dismissing, denying, justifying. We're not masking or faking or acting like what happened to us did not happen. It happened. We are making a conscious decision because of our faith in God to relinquish our right to hold him responsible for what has been done to us. And so, no, we do not want to read that letter to our father. That is so powerful. That is so powerful. I personally have done this with my mom, but I haven't Mm -hmm. yet done it with my father. Mm -hmm. And then um, with my mom, I actually wrote a letter of what I would love for her to say to me. And I I can imagine that being a part of the healing as well. Just owning. This is so important what you're saying. Not denying, not dismissing. Because we do that. We'll diminish our own pain. And that will not bring the healing that God has for us. No, and I don't think God is asking us to do that. So many times in the church, things have gotten misconstrued. And we felt like it's unholy to acknowledge the truth. Mm-hmm. But but the Holy Spirit is truth. Yes. God is truth. You know, we, we cannot experience healing if we don't say this is where I'm hurt. If we don't if right. we don't go to God who is the wonderful physician and say this is the area right here where I've been hurt. We can't mask over that. And I I think we've gotten it confused and felt as though I have to mask it 
because of who this person is and because of what damage it could cause. I'm not saying shout it to the rooftops what happened. I'm saying acknowledge it in the privacy of your own home with your heavenly father. Uh, what has happened? What has happened to you? Yes. So vital. So vital. Right? Yeah. I think it's Brendan Manning who said a wound that is denied is a wound that can't be healed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So being honest, bringing it before God. And that just sounds like such a, um, I mean, you know, you know what you're talking about, because I think it's true that there is the bent of if someone hurt me, and then in my pain, I'm, I might want them just to hurt as badly instead right. of, of seeing Jesus on the cross and him saying, I, I suffered. I suffered enough mm -hmm. and give it to me. Give it to me. Yeah. And you know what, Stacey, I just want to come alongside listeners that may be feeling like it's just not fair. It's just not fair. And I feel like if I forgive my father, he's getting away with it and I, he's getting the upper hand and I'm coming out with the, the short end of the stick. Uh, I want to say I understand that. And I'm telling you a story about my life and offering some advice that took me years. It took me years of wrestling with God and and being brutally honest with God and, and saying, I don't understand this. Or I don't get this. Or I don't think it's fair. Wherever you find yourself, those of you who are listening to me, if you're saying, I, I'm just not ready to forgive, I would encourage you to be brutally honest with the Lord and tell him exactly where you are as it relates to your father and allow God to walk you through this healing journey, to spoon feed you, to hold your hand, not to reject you, but to just accept you. You know, God says, come to me, all ye who are weary. I think we can insert all ye who are bitter, all ye who are angry, all ye who are broken, all ye who, wherever you find yourself, come to me. Jesus accepts us however we are, thank goodness. So good. Yes. Kia, in your book, I love that you are so brutally honest with your own story, so vulnerable in your story. And then in the ongoing restoration of relationship with your father. So say a woman finishes your book and she's so inspired and she's, she's done the journaling, she's done the work, and she wants to maybe uh, reach out to her father in new ways, in honesty, or maybe their relationship is broken. Um, do you have any advice for her? Yes, I do. I can't think of what chapter it is, which is a shame, but there are a list of questions that I believe women should process mm. prior to reaching out to an estranged father or a, a relationship with a father that's difficult. Because one of the things that the Lord has taught me and continues to teach me is that people are who they are. And in our heads, let's just say in my head, I create fantasies and, and I create ideas of how things are going to go. I know I'm going to say this and he's going to say this. And then we're just going to ride off into the sunset 
on a white horse and the doves are going to fly in and it's just going to be beautiful and scenic. <laughs> and it doesn't always happen like that. <clears throat> no, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> it, it does not, you know, and so we really have to process our expectations. Are we coming into this relationship with an expectation that if I do this, you're going to be this? And you're going to provide me with this and you're going to meet this need. That's not a good idea. We need to come to the, the, the table with no expectations. We need to come to the table having received from God everything that we might want to pull out of our father. We need to come to the table already processing where he might be. Yes. What if he has a family that he was there for? Mm. What if he's living a lifestyle that you don't endorse? What if he doesn't want a relationship with you? What if he is broken? What if he is fill in the blank? We need to be prepared. And and I would add, get a, a licensed therapist or have some community around you because it, it can be very difficult. These are things I learned uh, by tribulation, not not by revelation. I mean, I was in my I was in my early twenties, eighteen, nineteen, twenties, and and so on. When I just dove in head first, and I was so idealistic. I already told y'all I knew everything, and I just had in my head how things were going to work out. But I discovered it's hard to build a relationship with a father that wasn't in your life. You're yes. two different people. In my case, my dad's from another country. He's a different gender. There's a, an age gap here. And so there were so many barriers to us forming the type of relationship that I, that I idolized. Uh, and so God had to teach me the skill of acceptance. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Something I'm hearing you saying is the desire is good. Where we get into trouble is when we turn it to expectation. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I heard recently that today's expectations become tomorrow's resentments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So holding your heart so carefully in that. And I love that you say, have a, have a support system. For many of us, yeah. we are going to need somebody to help walk us through with, with counseling. And certainly we need people with whom, or a person with whom we can share our true story or is praying for us, praying with us in this space. Yeah. It's such a gift. Mm-hmm. And I will add to that, Stacey, I'm sorry to cut you off, but uh, I was listening to a podcast earlier today and um, the gentleman said that pain is a gift and that gifts always come with pain. And when I thought about that and thought about my story, there's so much pain associated with the absence of my father uh, and, and why he was absent. But the gift that I've received would be perspective, Mm. that after I worked through all of that anger on my end and frustration and unforgiveness and just wrestling with God and, and shaking my fist at God, God has given me perspective where I was able to see my own father was not fathered. Oh, yes. So he, yeah, he didn't, he didn't even have the tools to father me. Mm -hmm. That's not to justify his actions, but it is to say it gives me a new lens 
with which to view him from. Yes. You know, and and to also offer him the same type of grace that God has offered me for all of my short all of my shortcomings and and failures, you know. That is so beautiful. And that does take some maturity because when we're young, we don't know that. We can't process that. No. But later Mm-mm. to have um, the ability to to see their story and have yeah. that shift, the lens. I love what you say, that it, it doesn't let them off the hook, but it can bring understanding. Certainly. Certainly. Okay, I love this. In your book, you write, God doesn't replace earthly fathers. That box is too limiting. What he offers is far greater, a relationship with him as our perfect, sovereign, all-knowing, all-powerful, and unchanging heavenly father. I love that. So how in all of this, how, how do you see the difference between what an earthly father is meant to provide and our heavenly father? Sure. And it's taking me time to get there. Um, Years ago, I discovered this quote that said, um, it's common for people to perceive that God is like their father or fatherly figures that they had in their lives. So we can begin to have this skewed view of God based on whatever type of father we have. We might perceive that God is going to be distant because my dad was distant. Mm -hmm. God is absent or God is dominant or God is a dictator, a cruel dictator. Um, But throughout this process, I have come to know God based on the attributes that he displays in scripture. Um, One of my most favorite attributes would be accessibility, Uh, that he's he's accessible. He's not absent. He's not absent and he's available 24 hours a day. You can't get that from anybody. Mm -hmm. You can't can't even get it from a counselor. You can't get it from a husband. You can't can't get it from a friend. Uh, You know, but he is perfect in every way where a human father, even a really great one, is going to be flawed. Right. even for women that are saying, my dad was this, and, and I and praise God for, for those fathers, but they're still flawed. And in, in the area of understanding of us, when we think about ourselves and all the intricate details that make us who we are, yes. our, you know, our personality, our hair texture, our eye color, the strands of hairs on our head, the thing that happened in elementary school, what we like to eat, our favorite food, our favorite movie, our favorite book genre, all these things, God knows us infinitely. When we get on our knees, we don't have to give him the backstory. We don't have to explain all these things so that they, that he can understand. He can get it immediately without explanation. Yes. He gets us. And I think, you know, that is comforting because I, I consider myself complex. I don't, <laughs> I don't know about anybody else, but that's comforting that at any time of the day or night, I can go to God with something that someone else may it may take them hours to get. God gets and he's there and he's compassionate and he's waiting on us. He's He's there for every moment of our life. Every moment. I just feel him 
coming through your words because that is all true and glorious and so good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Ah. Thank you, God. Yeah. So um, I know that you share your story honestly and, and about your father. Now, I'm thinking you asked his permission to share. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. Uh, my publisher was like, you better because, you know, they have an information release form anytime you're sharing information of, of, about someone else in uh -huh. your book to yes. make sure that they don't sue you, they don't sue the publisher. And so I hopped on a plane because I didn't think my dad was going to read my book. Mm -hmm. uh, and I went, I picked him up. And we went to a Mexican restaurant and we sat down. And, and now in my head, I'm thinking, oh, this is just going to be a cinch. This will be easy. And so sitting at the table, I pull out my little laptop and I go to read it and make eye contact with my father. And I was like, huh, this is not going to be as easy as I, <sighs> as, I, as I once thought. This is actually a little challenging. And so I would read a little bit and then say, are you OK with that? And he said, yep, sure do. That's the way it happened. Wow. And so then I, I read a little bit more and he said, yep, that's the way it happened. And when I got to that third time, Stacy, uh -huh. of saying, are you okay with that? I look up and my dad is crying and tears are streaming down his face. And he said, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I owe you and your mom an apology. And wow. yep. It was all of that, wow. I was, you know, over, over salsa and, and chips, you know, I'm sitting there like, whoa, did not see that coming. It was a, a total moment. Um, but the beauty in that moment was a couple of things. Number one, I didn't need that apology. Wow. There was nothing inside of me that was thirsting for him to apologize. That was demanding an apology or anything like that. I was in total peace. God had already done a transformative work in my heart. There was nothing that I needed from my dad. The second place that I saw God was in my response. I said, dad, it's okay. We all make mistakes. We all have, have things in our lives. That was nothing but the grace of God. That response spoke of the transformative work that God had done in my heart. Yes, you had already forgiven him. I had already forgiven him. There was nothing there but compassion. Wow. Praise God. Yes. Because I can point to, now I sound all holy. Now, now right now I sound like I've been with Jesus. But if we back this thing back a couple of, a couple of years, somebody would be trying to pass me out a Bible track and say, you know what? This girl really needs to know the Lord. Uh, but in that moment, Nothing but compassion, mm. nothing but compassion, you know, and and I have been trying to say this about my dad. Uh, he, I, I thank my father because if he had said, no, I don't give you permission. Right. We would not be doing this podcast right, right now. Yeah. I, I would honor him in that way. I would not be sharing his story with the entire world uh, because I do want to follow the Bible. Uh, but I thank him for giving me permission to share his, um, his, his struggles with, with strangers, you know, right. uh, and because of him, I think many women will be set free. Yes. And, and my dad is one of the most, um, humble, private, kind, and remorseful people that I, 
I know, I know when, when he dies, he's going to be in the arms of Jesus Mm -hmm. because uh, of that scripture that says he who has been forgiven much, they love much. Yes. They love much. And so my dad has really made amends for, for the sins of his past, the sins he committed in his youth, the things that caused him not to be in my life. He's remorseful. And today he is very loving. He is attentive. He does what he can to be in my life. Does that mean our relationship is perfect? No, it does not. But like I said, I've come to accept who he is and accept the relationship that we can have, what we can have. And I want to say to the woman who's listening and they're thinking, well, great for you, Kia, or, you know, hip, hip, hooray that you've got a, a nice little cherry on top and, and a bow and the icing and all of that. I'll never get that with my biological father. I want to say that uh, I understand and I'm sorry. And I want to say that God offers you something that is far greater than what your father can offer you. God offers you a peace that truly surpasses all understanding. There are still things that I will never get. I will never experience with my biological father. But I've made peace with what I can experience with him and what the rest I have to get from my heavenly father. It does not look the same as the relationship with the biological father. It it looks different. But I am able to experience love from God. I'm able to experience comfort. I'm able to experience healing. I'm able to experience grace. There's so much. And I'm sure that there's so much more that the Lord has to offer me. Uh, I would encourage the listeners to ask God to show him what is redemptive. Where is God in their story? Even if it's been hard and it's been painful, where can they see God? Because he's there. He's there when we're hurting. He's there when we're crying. He's there when we're frustrated. He is there in the middle of it all. God is right there. And if we take the time If we allow ourselves to look, if we ask the Holy Spirit to show us, we will see that God is in our most painful places. Kia is dripping with hope and so beautiful and true. Thank you. I just have two final questions for you. And um, and the first is, there are men and women listening who say, this, yeah, this is powerful and this is good, but actually my wounds came from my mother. Mm-hmm. So is this transferable? How much of this would you say is transferable? It's hard to quantify it. Uh, I, when I first had that question on a couple of interviews, I was saying, no, this is a book about father wounds. And then I had women who had mother wounds coming up to me and said, I applied this to my mama. Yeah, <laughs> you know, And I was like, oh. Okay, then. Well, let me adjust my language and say, you know, there are some things that are applicable to to mother wounds. Certainly the forgiveness letter I mentioned and all of those tools that I unpack in the book. Certainly you can apply those to mother wounds. Uh, What I would say is couple this book that with specifically with a book that is for mother wounds, because there are some things that we glean from mothers that are different. Yes. From what we glean from fathers. I don't look to my um, my mother to teach me about 
about how to engage with the opposite sex. I look to my father for that. So the things that you would glean from a mother, I would say, find another resource to address some specific wounds, but there are some healing practices and and tools that are transcendent for mother wounds as well in this book. Yeah, it's true. Um, Okay, Kia, one last question. You are such a beautiful woman and a rich life with God. And I'm just curious, with all you have going on in your busy life, particularly in this season, how are you experiencing the love of God, the wooing of Jesus in these days? I think in the stillness, Mm. I experience it because it's such a busy time and and I'm between juggling my children's schedules and juggling podcast interviews and, and other interviews. When I'm still, when I reflect on this journey. I I had a moment just the other day, I I posted something on social media. And for me, it with promoting this book, it has felt like every act of promotion is like taking up another part of my cross. Mm. It's felt that way Mm -hmm. for me. And I've been doing these posts called Dear Younger Me where I share all of these pictures from my childhood. And I started off with being a baby. And then I shared um, another post just recently that was late elementary, early middle. And during that season in my life, I was teased. I was bullied. And I don't know why I felt this just fear come over me of like, oh, my gosh. I've talked about it publicly, but I was like, oh, I don't, I don't want to tell anybody. I don't want to put it on Facebook. I don't want to put it on Instagram. And I went ahead and put it on Instagram. And at the end of this letter to myself, where, where I'm saying, this is what's getting ready to happen. You're going to be bullied. I say, but don't worry. You're going to make it through. Mm. You're, you're going to make it through in one day. You're going to encourage women just like you. And when I looked in the thread on, on Facebook, somebody said, you wrote this book for me. You wrote this book for my daughter. You wrote this mm. book for my mama. And I'm going to be buying a bunch of books and passing it out like trick-or-treat candy. <laughs> <laughs> and when I read that, I just kind of broke down crying. Mm. You know, it, I, I was processing my pain from when I was little. And also processing the fact that I did come through it and God has brought me kind of full circle and enabled me to see that there was a purpose for it and I'm going to use it and I'm using it right now and I'm going to use it even more. And, you know, just it, it was just a moment of like, not tears of sorrow, but tears of, of joy and tears of perspective and tears of hope and tears of just really seeing God, just really seeing the truth when we say he's there. He's there in your painful moments. He's there in your joyous moments and, and seeing the, the continuity of God yes. and, and him, him throughout your life. I, I, that's kind of where I am. I'm in a very reflective place, but you got to be still to reflect because otherwise you're just, (laughs) you know, all over the place. So I guess in the stillness and also in, 
in the reflection and in the perspective in that I'm, I'm seeing God and just being like, you know, then I come back out. It's like, okay, got to promote, it's like, <laughs> you know, so it's just, it's, that's kind of, you know, where I am mm. of just looking, looking back, looking forward, looking present, looking and just seeing God, just seeing God everywhere. All over it. All, all over it. All in this interview with Stacey Eldridge. There's God. There he is. Oh, oh, yay. Thank you. So, friends, this is the name of the book again Overcoming Father Wounds, Exchanging Your Pain for God's Perfect Love. And I'm going to put Kia's uh, how you can stay in touch with her, where you can find her in the show notes. And I'm just wondering to close, Kia, would you pray for the listeners? Thank mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I thank you so much that First Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on the Lord because you care for us. And I imagine that there are men and women listening that are feeling anxious, that are feeling troubled, that are, are feeling conflicted in their spirit with this subject of father. God, that maybe they have reflected on situations that happened in their life that they have been unable to heal from. God, maybe they were catapulted to a time in their life when they were wounded, God. Maybe they're wrestling with it right now. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come in and that you would be the God of comfort, that you would be a wonderful counselor, that you would be King Jesus, the Prince of Peace, that you would bring calm to the unrest in their souls, that you would give them the courage to take a step and then take another step and then take another step, whether that step is acknowledgement, whether that step is to ask you boldly to come and help them process their pain, God, whether that step is forgiveness, whatever the step is, God, I'm praying that you would come alongside every listener in the name of Jesus and that you would give them the strength and the courage to do what it is you say do, God. And I pray years from now or or a day from now, God, that they would see the fruit of that, that the fruit of that would be true freedom and wholeness and healing in their life, God, that they would see the transformational work done not only in them, but in their perspective, in how they view their life, in how they view their father. God, I'm asking you to be God. I'm asking you to to do a wondrous work in the mighty name of Jesus that only you can do, God. And I'm thanking you in advance because I know you hear me and I know you're intimately concerned about every single person that is listening to the sound of my voice. God, we thank you. We honor you. We praise you. We look with expectation to see what you are going to do in the earth on this side of eternity. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Yes, and amen. Ah. Kia, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. What a joy. Thank you, Stacey. Oh, and listeners, I know you've been blessed and encouraged. And you may just want to listen to this again. Bless you in your own healing journey and in the more that God has for you. Until next time, bye for now. 
Thank you.